citizens, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you listened to our previous episode, our UFO Happy Hour episode, you remember that we briefly discussed the hype surrounding a UFO story that reporters were in the process of assembling for the New York Times. Well, after weeks of unnecessary hype, that story dropped on Thursday, July 23rd. The article is titled, No Longer in Shadows, Pentagon's UFO Unit Will Make Some Findings Public. And it was written by Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal, two of the authors of that now legendary New York Times story from December 2017 that exposed the Pentagon's UFO program to the world. What this new article essentially does is provide an overview of some of the UFO-related stories that have been generating buzz in recent months, namely the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, Marco Rubio's recent comments about UFOs, and comments about UFO crashes and recovered material by former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and Eric Davis, a former Pentagon contractor. Let's begin our quick review of this article by taking a look at that last one, the comments about crashed UFOs and the retrieval of UFO materials. The New York Times article brings up Harry Reid because he was largely responsible for the funding and therefore the establishment of the Pentagon's UFO program, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, that officially operated from 2007 through 2012. Mention of the former head of ATIP, Luis Elizondo, is how the article introduced the topic of UFO crash retrievals. The article states, quote, Mr. Elizondo is among a small group of former government officials and scientists with security clearances who, without presenting physical proof, say they are convinced that objects of undetermined origin have crashed on Earth with materials retrieved for study, end quote. That organization, of course, is To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, a group that has publicly announced that it's actively worked to acquire various pieces of material from alleged UFO crashes. Harry Reid reportedly told the Times, quote, After looking into this, I came to the conclusion that there were reports, some were substantive, some not so substantive, that there were actual materials that the government and the private sector had in their possession. Although not attributed as a direct quote to Reid, the article originally claimed that Reid had said, quote, He believed that crashes of vehicles from other worlds had occurred and that retrieved materials had been studied secretly for decades, often by aerospace companies under government contracts, end quote. Reid apparently disagreed with how he was represented here because he fired back on Twitter stating, quote, I have no knowledge and I have never suggested the federal government or any entity has unidentified flying objects or debris from other worlds. I have consistently said we must stick to science, not fairy tales about little green men, end quote. This is consistent with comments he made to journalist George Knapp in 2019, as he was explaining part of the reason he wanted to turn ATIP into a special access program. 
In 2009, Reed tried to get the Pentagon to turn ATIP into a special access program, a more classified operation, in part because he wanted to connect with other secret programs that may or may not have hard evidence of UFOs, including materials or technology recovered from crash sites. One reason I did that is there's always this uh, rumor, this, uh, some people say that uh, there are some uh, public corporations that have uh, materials that we should look at. Now, I wanted to make sure that that was valid or not valid, but I couldn't get, they wouldn't, uh, Defense Department wouldn't approve it. The Times has since issued a correction. Then there's Eric Davis. He reportedly worked as a consultant to ATIP, and he told the Times that, quote, in some cases, examination of the material had so far failed to determine their source and led him to conclude we couldn't make it ourselves, end quote. The article also says that Davis claims he, quote, gave a classified debriefing to a Defense Department agency as recently as March about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth, end quote. It's this statement right here that generated the most attention from the general public and from media outlets around the world. Let's come back to this in a few minutes. The article mentioned the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021. We discussed this a couple of episodes ago. But basically, within a draft of the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021 submitted by Senator Marco Rubio on June 17th on behalf of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence was a section contained in the committee comments titled Advanced Aerial Threats. This section essentially requests that a detailed analysis of UFO data and reports from various organizations be assembled and submitted to the Director of National Intelligence. The Times article incorrectly states that the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force is responsible for assembling this report. The details clearly state that the DNI, the Secretary of Defense, and heads of other relevant organizations are responsible for the report. The UAP task force is simply one of the groups listed from which information will be requested. Although the Times already issued a correction, another detail the article originally misstated was that reports would be submitted every six months. Again, the details clearly state that a single report will be requested and will be due six months after the request is made. Of course, these are small details, but they're also easily verifiable details. So it's weird that these details, out of everything covered in the article, would be wrong. Now let's talk about this UAP task force briefly. The Advanced Aerial Threats section attached to the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021 is where we first heard about this organization, specifically by name. And it sounds weird, but there seems to be some confusion around whether this group already exists or if it's something that will be formed in the future. The comments in the Intelligence Authorization Act state that, quote, The committee supports the efforts of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, end quote. The report being requested specifically asks for, quote, a detailed analysis of unidentified aerial phenomena data and intelligence reporting collected or held by the Office of Naval Intelligence, including data and intelligence reporting held by the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, end quote. You can't really support the efforts of something that doesn't exist. And there wouldn't be any data to collect from a group that hasn't started working yet. 
The New York Times article also makes it sound like the UAP task force is something that already exists. The article reports that the UAP task force is the continuation of the Pentagon's previously revealed UFO program, ATIP, which reportedly ended in 2012. And the Times says that, quote, the program never lapsed, end quote. The article even states that Luis Elizondo, ATIP's former head, quote, confirmed that the new task force evolved from the advanced aerospace program, end quote. So here we have more indications that the UAP task force already exists and has existed for some time. Elizondo currently serves as the Director of Government Programs and Services at To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science. TTSA issued a press release back on June 24th stating that, quote, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence introduced a bill for 2021 that includes an official public request for a UAP task force, end quote. Okay, but here we have another example of statements that make it sound like the UAP task force doesn't exist yet. And to add to the confusion, Pentagon spokesperson Susan Gao issued a statement to Popular Mechanics and other journalists stating that the Department of Defense is, quote, creating a task force to gain knowledge and insight into the nature and origins of UAPs, as well as their operations, capabilities, performance, and or signatures. The mission of the task force will be to detect, analyze, catalog, consolidate, and exploit non-traditional aerospace vehicles slash UAPs posing an operational threat to U.S. national security and avoid strategic surprise, end quote. So what we have here with regards to the UAP task force is a giant mess of confusion. Does it exist? Is it the continuation of ATIP that allegedly never stopped operating? Or is this a new thing that's just being assembled? Your guess is as good as mine. Anyway, back to the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021. So this thing was introduced as Senate Bill number 3905. But on June 29th, Marco Rubio submitted the entire Intelligence Authorization Act as an amendment to Senate Bill number 4049. And the Senate actually passed that bill on July 23rd. So it now goes on to the House of Representatives. Who knows if the original language from the Advanced Aerial Threats section made it into the final bill. When I first talked about 3905 on this show, I pointed out that Scopos Labs, a company that uses artificial intelligence to predict policy outcomes, had this bill listed at a 49% chance of being enacted. Well, this company has a worse outlook for 4049. It has this bill listed at a 3% chance of being enacted. 3%. Again, wouldn't put much stock into that, but that's what it says. 3% chance of being enacted. And as researcher D. Dean Johnson recently pointed out on Twitter, even if the bill is enacted, all of the UAP stuff, the request for the report, won't actually be law. It will simply be an expression of the will of Congress. And as we've commented on previous episodes, even if key people in Congress decide to push the issue, it's really up to the different organizations to decide if they want to listen and then decide how much, if any, information they want to share. We'll keep an eye on this and hopefully something good comes of it. But it's certainly not anything we need to get excited about just yet. All right, let's get back to Eric Davis's statement about giving classified briefings to a Defense Department agency as recently as March about retrievals from, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth, end quote. Obviously, This statement is the most sensational and noteworthy claim of the New York Times story. 
It's what media outlets around the world have focused on. Popular Mechanics wrote a spinoff story on July 26 titled, Pentagon has off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Now, clearly, this is sloppy and irresponsible reporting by Popular Mechanics because that's not what the Times story states. A former Pentagon consultant alleged that he briefed the Pentagon about crash retrievals. So somebody else allegedly has recovered off-world vehicles, not the Pentagon. The popular mechanic story also boldly asserts, quote, the government's once clandestine UFO program will reveal findings on unexplained material and crashes, end quote. Again, this is just sloppy reporting. Nowhere does the Times story claim that the UAP task force will have anything to do with, quote, unexplained materials and crashes, end quote. Sadly, this is just one example of the flood of factually incorrect reporting that is resulting from the Times story. We talked a bit last week about the unnecessary hype that was generated about this story on social media weeks and even months before it was published. We mentioned how this type of behavior and these actions can actually negatively affect a story and the people behind a story. Well, on July 25th, Project Unity conducted an interview with the authors of the Times article, Leslie Kane and Rob Blumenthal. And these authors addressed just how social media rumors, gossip, and hype affected the story. And I, I want to say something else that Leslie, that, that you raised, Jay, and that Leslie mentioned. Um, the frenzy on the internet with this story. Uh, I just want to say it does not help. If you're out there as a New York Times reporter trying to put together a story um, to, to find this uh, traffic back and forth about you know giving away snippets of your story that maybe your sources you know, we're able to impart to somebody else or uh, little leaks of things that make your life more difficult. For people who supposedly are concerned about getting the truth out, it really gets in the way. And it, 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 it annoyed us to, to no end um, to have to worry about not only nailing down the facts of the story, but, you know, keeping watching our backs because um, people were sniping at our heels and they're, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And speculation often based on absolutely no information whatsoever. This is what they're going to talk about. This is what the Times is going to do. And um, it really is a very infantile uh, environment to be working in for a serious subject. So I would you know, urge people in this field who, who seem to or say they have the interest of you know, getting at the truth at heart – uh, to, to give reporters a little slack when they're serious reporters, when they're looking into something, because it, it definitely got in the way. We don't want com competing media to even know we're working on a story at all, period, you know, and um, let alone, you know, have people talk about what they think the story is going to be about. The other problem is that there's such a buildup of expectation that then some people, when it comes out, express a disappointment. What is this all it is? And I think the power of the story gets lost in this kind of frenzied expectation that was built up. And I want to make the point that Ralph and I had absolutely nothing to do with any of that. This is a self-generated, self-created kind of intense, you know, discussion and rumor and all this stuff. And then it's yeah. just sort of like when the story comes out, you know, oh, so it's just I, I would I would echo Ralph. It would be of great help, I think, to us and to everybody to not do this in the future. It just doesn't serve any purpose that I can see.
This interview provides some great insight into the article and answers many questions that people have raised since it was published. I highly recommend checking it out if this story is of interest to you. So when we step back and look at this recent New York Times story, it's awesome to see more digging and more reporting related to the UFO topic. Although this particular story was mostly a general recap of some of the previously reported UFO news from recent months, it's still cool to see any major outlet adding to the coverage. However, the errors made in the article that the Times has had to address are unfortunate, and all the sloppy, misleading, and in many cases, just plain erroneous reporting by spin-off stories and other media outlets around the world is spreading the word about UFOs, sure, but it's spreading inaccurate information. I know lots of people think that any media is good media when it comes to UFOs. Anything to get the topic into the mainstream and generate discussion. But that just can't be the case, especially with a topic like UFOs. Nobody benefits from the spread of false information. Well, except perhaps for people who want to spread fake information. But UFO research and the push for UFOs to be taken seriously and advocating for serious scientific scrutiny when it comes to this topic is dependent on truth. Truth is the focus, not a desired narrative or a desired outcome. It's following and discovering verifiable evidence and hopefully learning more about these mysterious UFOs. True advocates for UFO research and UFO disclosure should actually be angry when false information is propagated. That's working backwards and pushing misstatements, mistruths, and even unverifiable claims play right into the narrative that UFO people are crazy, delusional people who are fanatically set in their ways and therefore can't be taken seriously. It's cool to get excited when mainstream media reports on UFOs, as it frequently does. But we don't need to oversell these stories or make them a bigger deal than they are. Understand that if you are interested in the UFO topic, a story about UFOs is going to be a bigger deal to you than to others. That's normal. You don't need to force others to be as excited about it as you are. Always remember that UFOs isn't a religion. You don't need to convert people. If you think recent UFO news is the biggest news ever, that's cool, and you should be excited about that. But other people don't need to share your views or your excitement. Of course, it's more fun when you have that shared excitement, but don't focus on it. Lots of people want or need to feel like their beliefs have been confirmed, a need for vindication. I get that. That always feels nice. But just know that you don't need it, and you can't force it. Be comfortable in your beliefs. Be willing to share information with others. But think about sports teams, politics, diets, religions, or anything else in life. Nobody likes it when others push their beliefs or opinions. So keep that in mind, and don't try to push UFO information on others. Live your life, own your fascination with UFOs, and enjoy your journey researching this crazy and mysterious subject. Well, citizens, that's going to do it for this episode. You can find more episodes of Unknown on all the major podcast platforms. And you can always find this show and our other shows at RoguePlanet.tv, because Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. Feel free to reach out to me if you've got a story you want to share, if there's a story or topic you'd like us to cover on this show, or anything else. You can find me on social media or simply email me at jason at rogueplanet.tv. Thanks again for hanging out with me today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. 
have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your opinions. And, of course, stay strange.